What's up? Welcome back to the Failed Orbit Records podcast. I am Kevin Titt, and in the words of the late John Witherspoon from the movie Little Nicky, Let's get busy! called Whatever from their Yeah, She Seems Cool EP on Failed Orbit Records. And kicking off the show was a band called Eddie Murphy's Law playing a song called To All My Friends. Yeah, that was a band I was in at one point. Who gives a whoop? You know who else was in that band? Nick was in that band. Nick Ramos and Daniel Rodby. And it was all put together by a fucking Harry Jerkface, that guy who used to live in Hawaii, but now he lives in the desert. 
like New Mexico. Pretty sure it's New Mexico or Arizona. One of those desert places. Yeah, he's out there. And we played. We played San Diego. We played Hawaii. And I think our, the last show we were supposed to play, I didn't do it because I was kicked out of Hawaiian Brian. Yeah, I got kicked out of Hawaiian Brian's. Who gives a shit? I didn't deserve it. If you want to get into that, we can get into that later. I'm allowed back now anyway, so it doesn't matter. I don't know why I'm bringing it up. Anyways, here's the song. Two-Face 4 with Spontaneous Combustion, and god damn it, I love that fucking band. They're amazing. Uh, and your guests on this episode today, this week, right now, coming up, uh, used to play bass in Two-Face 4, and that's where I first met him, and then he ended up playing guitar and beaming with me, and now he plays in Star Damage with Adam Funari. Uh, it's Ray Farias. I think that's how you pronounce his last name. I never asked because, you know, what kind of friends are asking their other friends how to, how to, you know, if you have a really good friendship with someone, you usually don't ask them how to pronounce your last name until you need it. I've never needed it from Ray because we don't involve the government in our relationship. We're both, what am I talking about? I'm going to shut the fuck up. Uh, he's going to talk about growing up in Hawaii and going to shows and stuff, and that that's what that's going to be. So here it is, the interview with... Ray. Bam, bam, bam. What's up, Ray? Hi, Kevin. <laughs> yeah, thanks for doing this. It's 7 a.m. your time. We're out here. How you doing, Ray? How you been? I'm good, man. I'm good. I've been I've been busy keeping keeping myself busy with everything going on, but I've been okay. It's, so you grew up 
in Hawaii, and like, didn't you grow up in like the Chinatown area? Yeah, like in Chinatown, Kakaoko, okay. which is a weird area to say because nobody's from Kakaoko or Chinese Town. Yeah. yeah. So what was that like? Was because um, were there shows? No, the Fast Zone was down there. Yeah, but then during that time. When that was going on, I was like, I didn't get to experience the fast zone. That was like just before my time. And I think when that was going on, I was living in Kakako at the time. And I was like 90, I don't know, uh, six or five or something. I was like 10, 11 or 12. So I just missed fast zone. 14, 15, something like that. Yeah. I just hung out downtown and saw the sketchiest people. That's all. But I never did any shows back then. It wasn't until like high school. You went the to pink Cadillac days, yeah. Oh, pink Cadillac is where you started. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's where I started. Hell yeah! But I missed I that place. Started way after you. <laughs> <laughs> I was there when they had like the little laminated VIP cards. Oh, oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. Oh yeah. man. I think mine said <laughs> I don't know. It said not Kevin Tit on it. it said Kevin something else. Like, it was also a fake name, but I don't know what it was. <laughs> That's but, so 90s, right? Just had to have a card. Yeah, it was like a laminated card. And I was there like in the 2005. 2000s. Yep. <laughs> on the downslope, I guess, because they turned into what is it, the Irish Rose now or some shit? Yeah. Ah, yeah. So what was it like when you started going there? Um. Man, it was amazing. <laughs> it was cool because I started hanging out. Uh, I got there because I met these kids that hung out in Waikiki, all the punks there on Seaside. And so we'd oh. go to Pink Cadillac and then 1739. Seaside and so that punk. part of the I scene. I hearing that all the <laughs> yeah. time. Like, seaside punks sound like pirates. So they're just like right? <laughs> hanging out on that road, Seaside. Oh, my God. So much good people I met there. And like, it's like, there are like at least like four generations that went through there. <laughs> and like, yeah, but uh, it was real funny. But uh, we always went to Pink Cadillac, and I think that was a time where, like, it was when, like, sticklers were just kind of ending, and, like, there was this wave where the punk rock scene was kind of, well, wait, was was actually pretty strong towards the end there, because 1739 was still around, so it was, like, a lot of, like, numbskull still, sticklers, a lot of, like, Unit 101 and Grapefruit. Yeah. Um, And a lot of, like jason miller shows so some like good like mainstream stuff came through too you know yeah yeah that was what you said late 90s or no, no, I, for me that was like 2001 for sure okay 2000 to like 2003 ish four yeah how'd you get into shows like were you into punk before you started seeing bands or did you like have a friend <laughs> like, hey, yeah man fucking dookie dookie album right as a kid true <laughs> and i was fucking um, five when that came out really and i Holy had no shit. idea <laughs> i was I didn't listen uh, to green day till way later what what wait when you're five what are you like kindergarten or something uh preschool yeah maybe maybe school almost school or something in school okay. and like yeah. just fresh in i think it came out for me in like fifth or sixth grade yeah, I don't know how what what age that was, <laughs> but man, yeah. But then, okay, so okay, so exposed, right? I'm gonna expose myself. Green yeah. Day, first punk rock album, right? Yeah. First album I ever bought, like Snow Informer, <laughs> that reggae guy. <laughs> That's rapped really fast. Okay, second album I ever bought, Boys to Men. 
okay. and then the third one was like was uh was green day and then after that um my favorite band was fucking sublime and that's why i picked up a guitar and then okay. so through high school i was just in my bedroom playing fucking sublime songs and then um during that i had my first band there we were called riptide <laughs> okay and yeah it's because my guitarist at the time anthony he really loved uh, blink 182 so we were just a straight blink 182 ripoff man like oh that was there it, was a time oh yeah <laughs> it was just any which way you can play carousel that's our whole album <laughs> that's our four tracks <laughs> um, oh, but yeah we started playing shows that way yeah so we got a show randomly uh we played at i believe it was a like a banquet or something and then some kid told us about an auto cake show it yeah. is um yeah and then that's my first show i went to an auto cake show it was out, out in the airport area okay so that was like a parking lot show right yeah it was so awesome yeah, <laughs> so okay. random to see yeah that was again before me but i think i saw a video or like photos of auto cake shows the first auto cake yeah because right, there's been or, three locations I think there's been four, maybe. But yeah, I think that one, yeah, yeah, at least three. Definitely Stickers played that one. I think some hardcore band played. I'm not sure. I think Neurovoid played. Wasn't that the band you were in? Yeah, but I wasn't in that band at the time. They, they existed uh, for like, God, like four or five years before that. Like they, they existed like since they were in high school. And I joined after we were all in like college days. Okay. Yeah. Uh Wait, so what band were you, were you in any bands before Riptide, or between Riptide yeah, and Neuroboy? <laughs> yeah. Wait, was I? Um, yes. Well, like, after that pop-punk band, um, he moved away. Then I went, I started going to shows, because, like, we played, a, we played a show somewhere, but I started going to shows. I haven't, I didn't start playing shows yet um, until I met Mikey Yetta and, like, and my art friend Nick. And so my first band, really, at, in the scene was this band called Oshiro, and we're kind of like that screamo kind of whatever we would do like improv shit kind of noisy dissonant shit yeah i um, mean we played at the pink cadillac because of uh i think less got us our first show <laughs> yeah man <laughs> he ran that pink cadillac spot for a while man he i remember really it was like, him and angel like angel at the door yeah him. that's like, when i first started going to shows like that oh shit <laughs> and then i'd be like okay they have like bands playing here this guy's like really into the devil and he had Alkaline Trio covers. That's pretty cool. But he was like hella into the devil, too. Yeah. And sometimes people would like pierce their back and hang from the ceiling. Oh, yep, yep. Like, the Dungeon Knights. There's nothing with music. There's, that's not punk stuff. That's not. Oh, I was, like, my a, God. I like, colored my hair and I was like all, yeah, Blink 182, fucking <laughs> casualties. I had no fucking idea what Dungeon stuff was, what devil <laughs> stuff was. <laughs> I had like listen to Slipknot. I had a Slipknot face, and that stuff was still like, "Whoa, what?" Is yeah, this? <laughs> it was great. It really, yeah. Our scene was very like intertwined, yeah, with like all the other subcultures. Dog, it was. As soon as like a punk show would end, from Pink Cadillac days till ten years later at a different venue that held punk shows. Right after the punk was done, all the fucking freaks came in, baby. Get out the yeah, man. So then the real ones are like, hey, get out. We're going to do some real freak shit now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're going to put a tarp or up. Or you can hang out. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever you want. I love it. Freak shit happening. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. Like, uh, just a couple months ago, I went to Maui with the, the Feeble, the guys in Feeble, Feeble Band. Yeah. And, um, yeah, there was a, a show. 
and it was literally in a parking lot and it was just sectioned off and they're like yeah we're throwing a show here and it was one of the tattoo parlors and it was awesome and they had like a barbecue going and then like yeah they had human suspension like some guy built like a huge like hand built a huge wooden gallows man it was that ginormous and then somebody was getting hung on there and then there was another guy um spitting fire and he was in full corpse paint it was amazing yeah. <laughs> and but like it was just metal and punks and and all like hippies like maui's an interesting place <laughs> i've still never been but that sounds like the classic hawaii show so like, yeah i went to go see a punk band but then there was a metal band playing a reggae band playing a fucking ska band playing it's always a mix of shit. It's like always got to be weird. Otherwise, it's not. I don't know. And then everyone <laughs> ends up liking it, at least to yeah. some extent. Like I've never been into this, but I guess it's pretty. It's not bad. Yeah, it's always a variety show, huh? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So that band with Yeda. Oh yeah, all she wrote. All she wrote. Okay. And yeah. then what was after that? Because you're in Two Face Four when I first met you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's it. So that was like a couple. That was like four years before that. So that was like all she wrote. We were in there with Micah too. Uh, and then I don't know. Wait, after that, I don't think I played much. I think I just hung out, went to a lot of shows, and then it was yeah. And then I became friends or met the Neurovoy guys. And then they and then Adam had moved away, and then they're like jump on bass. So ah. did that. And then from them, I met everyone else, right? Because then like they were kind of my connection. It's kind of cool because everyone had pockets, right? Like everyone's from that our, our suburbs and you kind of like yeah. infiltrate the different groups or whatever or like get introduced. Yeah. yeah. So like they introduced me to like all the Pearl City kids or like kind of like in that area. And so to, I met like all the like Tom and Quint. Sorry. <clears throat> Ugh, my sinuses are acting up. It's all crazy. One sec. You bitch. <laughs> yeah, bitch. <laughs> all right. Where were we? Ask me that question about, again. What was that? I don't know. You were talking about Neural Void. And I was oh, yeah. Failed Orbit was yep. <laughs> your baby or your idea. It's a Neural Void song. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But Failed Orbit as the record label was my idea. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Because, yeah, that's how the whole thing started is because it was name taken from that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I always, liked, I always liked that phrase that John came up with for that name. It was very emo and stuff. And I thought taking that name and flipping it to like kind of like a joke on what Hawaii bands kind of tend to do. <laughs> wait, wait, explain that again. Wait, what was the original <laughs> meaning? Well, I mean, it felt orbit just like, it, it's the same thing. Like, uh, I mean, the meaning is like, you know, just like not able to do something like, you know, like that you're kind of, that you want to, you intend to do, you know, like, like you intend to orbit something and the, the, you failed at that or whatever. Ah. And then for us, it's kind of like, you know, like maybe we start bands and we want to get out there and get rotated or whatever, but you know, we never really do that. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of a dark name. It's really yeah. funny. Or not, it's not really funny. I think it's really funny that everybody is cool with it. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. I didn't, I never and, and, and that's, time th thought about it like that. Oh, yeah. And that's why I drew all those things where our logo is like in the beginning, um, the kicking the can. Yeah. yeah. And like it swirls a little bit, but then falls. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I just make that shit up, man. Yeah. I think it's, <laughs> uh, it, it really kind of snowballed. Anyway. First thing to come out, was that Beeman 7 Yeah, man. We had to put something out. And it was on vinyl. Yeah. Like, that was Adam's fault. Vinyl. Narwhal did vinyl. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Adam was <laughs> the best <at> record. 
<laughs> his records and his damn good personality. Yeah, what a swell fella. <laughs> yeah, well, the thing is, like, we started in that, like, just to just to put something on the the record, right? We didn't start to like do anything big with it. We were or not air anything at all. We're yeah, just like we need to stamp something on it. I think it was just a cool idea, and then it there was a physical copy of it, and mm-hmm. then it kind of just snowballed into old TV microwave. Just put a CD out, and then just put the little thing on that. Oh yeah. And then other bands just put the little thing. You just put a stamp. You put a stamp on it, and then all of a sudden, falls into a. It makes its own little orbit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, because it's like all connected, brother. It's all one. We're, we're all molecules. Yeah. We're all connected. We're all I'm not touching. You know. <laughs> but yeah. So you was there any like old memorable bands that you'd uh, that you like haven't been able to find online or? Oh God. So many, but like they always come up randomly though, you know, like, like I'll just be like listening to something and be like, oh, <laughs> like dad, I wish they were online. Like I wish I had a copy or I, w- I want to make a post online and ask somebody for it. Like, um, like three's company is really one band that I really, really wish I could like hear again. And it was like one of the, I think Aaron was in that band. Um, a couple other kids, but they're like the, um, quote unquote, like Kailua kids. They did like, yeah. they're in like quarterhead with like Jonah Ray or like Jonah Ray was the drummer in that band. Yeah. Um, yeah. And like three's company, man. Oh, they were so fucking red. Um, huh. but like, like that's one I can remember now. Any, you remember? Any? Not well. Yeah. There's a ton, but I feel like Kailua, you're, cause you're from town. Did mm-hmm. you, uh, go to Kailua a lot or like the windward side nope. a lot? Yeah. For like the Kalaheo shows, like just a couple Look, I only got to catch, like, one or two Kalaheo shows, Kalaheo high school shows. Yeah, I don't think those were happening as far as high school shows go. But I never spent any time in the Windward side. Like, I don't know. Really, I mean, mm-hmm. like, the Smiths guys I knew, but I never, like, really went out to the Windward side. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I just, there's, like, a whole scene out there that like, I totally missed. Oh, yeah, man. Oh, yeah. Like, Mr. <laughs> Mina, too. I remember they are all Kailua. Oh yeah, they're they're right when we said, but those, I I mean I guess more of like the generation of punks that I was in, like that yeah. class that I came in with, I didn't mm-hmm. really know any of the Kailua people. Yeah, unless they were like older and played in town. I think everyone's pretty connected now. Before it was hard for us to get connected. Like now we have the internet, right? Like yeah, and like true. to keep us all back then it was like literally like phone you calls. Had to go to a show. Yeah, <laughs> people there. And then I always yeah, forget. Connect. Yeah, yeah, yeah they, like just call people and like, oh, get off my phone, bro, or meet at the mall like every day or something, <laughs> like just because always... that's a good place to meet yeah. and then go somewhere else from there, like go to the show from there. Are there still like mall punks that just hang out <laughs> at the mall uh, waiting? I mean, I'm sure some people think they I don't know are at a mall doing that. <laughs> yep, that was the fucking that was the routine, dude. Like, yeah, yeah, even after like I was like wake up at like one or two even after high school <laughs> go down to the mall meet the homies and you just post show. up so even if there was no show you would just meet evil you'd go to a place you post up yeah that was the night that was oh it. man That's all you did i miss posting up at places dude <laughs> i miss loitering <laughs> and i'm not even talking like on a pandemic level just yeah. like just straight up regular ass loitering and <laughs> not no, in a coffee I, shop too oh yeah prepping up man to this shit is there a venue you miss? Um, I think the venue I miss the most is either 
Well, it's the, it's got to be all the the, er, the early venues that I went to. So it has to be like 1739 for me. Um, I think that I missed that one the most. <laughs> I really like that place. And I only got to go there during the tail end of it. It was a weird <laughs> spot, but it was cozy and just had a real funky vibe to it. Real yeah. dark inside, dark outside. Yeah, yeah, um, real weird. <laughs> they always had like some graphic thing playing on the TV over the bar. Yep, yep. Yeah, <laughs> oh, Otto threw his award show there. Oh, yep. That was that's a trip. right. Yeah. He had limos. Yep. People pulling up in oh, limos. Wow. <laughs> they all dressed to the teeth at a podium, like trophies. Full Man, I forgot all about this. Show. Yeah, dog. I got to. I remember me and Will fucking jumped into one of the limos with, uh, he was Derek <laughs> from 86 with, I can't remember who else was in there, but yeah, we just like jumped in the limo and they're like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> and we rode around the block and we came back. I'm like, damn, that was pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Um, I remember having a, there was a zine fest there way back and then Mike Park was there. I think, I think auto well i'm not sure who may have threw it um but it was like a bunch of bands playing so it was just like like a little mini like it reminded me of no suck fest or no suck fest reminded me of that like little mini festival like buckshot shorty tour was there like all these like pop like that was like kind of when like pop punk was really strong i remember and then, yeah that was really oh, awesome yeah. so i missed 1739 a lot and i guess pink cadillac would be another one that i i really miss because that was the place i first played a show at yeah my first, my first show was there yeah, it's hard to walk by old places and be like, ah, that's not a, that's, yeah. that used to be a jack-in-the-box. Now it's a laundromat. So, <laughs> what venue uh, do you miss from here? Fucking, I've missed the shit out of uh, like the spot. Oh, yeah. The one, like, across from Hawaiian Brian's. No, was it behind Jasmine's? Yeah, yeah, right yeah, yeah. Jasmine's. That place. Because fucking, what was the guy's name who ran that spot? Or that he was the coolest dude. Fuck, can't remember his name. But he let all the shows go there. He gave bands a tab. He would pay people out. Mm-hmm. He uh, supported like eighteen and over shows and just like ex people under twenty. He was like, gave a shit, and let people do some cool ass shit there. And of course, when that happens, place gets shut down. <laughs> yeah <laughs> that was fun man was that where you like we had no where you had no suck fest and stuff where you guys did um show shag and things like that or was that Wait. oh that was that was edge that was edge bar that's what uh, is edge bar the one by jasmine yeah right that's the one yeah that's the one i'm thinking of the spot right. was the first place for yeah, the very first you... no suck fest which was also cool that was run yes. by blaine who had the station and uh yeah also yummy Yep. But yeah, he gave people a shot. He just had like a big room and just let people do a show in there. Yeah. He provide uh he provides some shit. And he was yeah, he was oh, great for that. The one that's so that's the one wait, that was the he one was behind. Blaze, yeah, that's right, that's right. In like Kakaako ish area, yeah. right? Yeah. Now bit. I remember. Hell yeah. That's when the hardcore scene was thriving because of that's like that one spot, right? Like that was even before like the whole foreplay IAO scene was like I think the spot was kind of that makes sense yeah because Blaine was more in that uh that scene 
You're right, the facilitator of uh, (laughs) yeah, that was a good part of the scene. I I think for me, like, like I came into the scene for me, like you know, where we just talked or where we talked about, you know, um, pink Cadillac and like for me, I gauge the scene by like venues (laughs) because that kind of dictates it in a way, like. Like, when venues start dying, like, together, it kind of kills, like, that set of scene, you know? And, like, a new scene sprouts up within, like, new venues pop up, you know? Yeah. And then, like, so, like, for me, it was, like, when, like, Pink Cadillac in 1739 died and, like, it, the scene kind of got slow after that. And we haven't really, we hadn't really transitioned to, like, downtown yet. But, like, uh, there, were, there were times where, like, this, and then at, during that time, I dropped out. And then I was, like, oh, do, you know, like, doing other shit, you know, like, getting into other hobbies. And then I think that that's the time when like that scene was coming up, you know, and like, and then I was keeping in contact with that because my friend John, who did the 808 scene was doing all the video for that. Yeah. And yeah, so I was yeah. just like watching that um, on his, uh, on the public access. So it was cool. Like keeping it, yeah, he had a keeping it on the pulse. Yeah. <laughs> so that was really cool. I was like, oh, I could see the scene and like, like, yeah, I was, I was amazing. Damn. Yeah. So did you go to uh, coffee talk shows? Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Pink Cadillac and Coffee Talk for me. Right, that's right, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, thanks. You're connecting the dots. Boom. It's like, boom. And then Coffee Talk extended or Coffee Factory. There was Coffee Factory and Coffee Talk. Right, right. That's right. Coffee Factory. That was before me. Oh my God! There you go. So it's Pink Cadillac, and then from there, like it was like all like '86 list and Josh, right? And then he started Unity Crayons at some point, like while he was at Coffee Factory. And then I don't know because I went. And then he started doing when it was. Yeah, and then he started doing shows. Yep, right there. Yeah. Oh man. Okay, that's the lineage right now for me in my head. That like timeline extended um by like three venues. Nice. (laughs) Hell yeah! Yeah, Coffee Coffee Talk was amazing. Coffee Factory. Where was that? Amoku, right above King Street. There's like a crab place there now, but it was like right. Yeah. That's what I thought because I keep that place used to be Coffee Factory. Yeah, that place. All those like uh, was it lose money? Yeah, was man. Like a really good show there or something. Yeah. Oh, man. That was like, that was a good run. Oh, that was an awesome run. I miss Unity Crayon stuff. Yeah, me too. Mindless Rebellion played a bunch there. I remember hearing get... about them a lot. Oh, there you go. That's another band that I wish, you know, we had more of. I can't remember. A bunch of it's on 808 Scene, though. John documented it in video yeah. and recorded it. Neurovoid played a bunch there. I remember I remember once there was a like some kind of contest outside. I think one of the Mindless Rebellion, um, I think Joe <laughs> was throwing the show. And he had a contest outside that like, it was like 25 bucks, $20 buy-in if you could chug <laughs> a gallon of milk. <laughs> Wait, Joe, what? Joe Bondo <laughs> from oh. Mindless Rebellion. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and so there was like four people out there trying to do it, and like I'm pretty sure if you look it up, it's like it's impossible to do like hum- yeah, humanly. Yeah, do it. Yeah, yeah, but there was one kid who he just kept trying, he just kept puking it out because he just really wanted that money, man. And God, they, and the, the thing is, they didn't clean it up, and so I remember like like having a um like driving pass, and because he just left it there and he just cooked in the sun. <laughs> oh man, and that was a great time. But that was towards the end, I think of like the coffee factory thing i don't think like um, they were doing anything there they're kind of just trying to keep the shows to uh going you know yeah towards the tail end of it oh man coffee factory that man. was a good times when did coffee so was were they both going on at the same time coffee talk and coffee factory 
I'm not sure. They may have existed or it may have been after, but they are definitely linked by Josh for sure. Josh 86. Nice. And Unity right. Crayons. That man has done a lot of things for the scene. Yeah, man. He's done so much. Insane. Busy guy. He's kept it alive for a while. I think about the scene in, in venues. Do you think about it in years or in bands or in any other way, like how you gauge time? <laughs> I, I haven't categorized it, which I definitely should, because that's a good way to do it. It helps with the <laughs> timeline. Yeah, then once Coffee Talk ended, I don't really remember what the next place was. <clears throat> Let's see. Um, yeah, uh, when I think about was it... it no. It was it was downtown was starting, so it wasn't Mercury Bar yet, cause like I think after that, the first Fridays were were gonna start, like the good first Fridays before you know like the normies came. <laughs> um, I think I might have missed. I think by that point, I was in Pearl City a lot more. I don't know if I went to shows downtown. No, I was still playing. Man, see, I don't remember shit. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, well, yeah. Okay, now I got to think of like, okay, when when the bands I was in, right? So like, I was in Neurovoid, then I wasn't in bands for a little bit. Then I joined Two Face Four, and and that's where I kind of met you. Yeah, was because I was hanging out with Nick and stuff, and then that's where I met you. Yeah, I met you through Nick. Okay, and then like with Two Face Four, that was like the hardcore scene, and. We didn't play shows for the longest time. Then we started to, I remember playing at the spot. Then we started playing at like, oh, what was that place in Chinatown? Like Onking, not, not Onking, Wofat? Oh, uh, uh, and, uh, uh Pawahi? Soho, Pawahi. Yeah. Oh, we, oh yeah. There's Pawahi. That's right. We had shows at Pawahi. Yeah. That place was gnarly. I heard. I never went to a show there, but I heard that place was gnarly. Yeah. 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 That's right. Pawahi happened. Oh yeah. So a little bit. Okay. Yeah. That's right. Pawahi happened towards the end. Was that during? Co- yeah, because then uh, it's on 808 scene. <laughs> so 808 scene kind of covered that part of the scene there. Boom. The spot was in there. Man, I can't remember. I think this was the time where it was like, it, it may have kind of started to transition to downtown. So it was like, Wofat restaurant, and then like Bar 35, 39 Hotel. Um, but those were more venues. like indie shows, right? Because I feel like 39 Hotel. Well, maybe they did. No, yeah, you're right. They weren't. They weren't punk shows. They weren't like, yeah. It was like the punk. People... I felt like the punk scene was kind of dead at the time. That was like yeah. the indie. Hmm. I wonder. I think that was the indie indie strength time. Oh no! What was that venue? There was that venue in fucking Chinatown. Uh, fuck. They had two floors. Two they floors. They once did a punk rock marathon thing. It was like where they, like they were on the second on floor. No, it was sometimes oh. three floors. Oh, I mean that Soundhouse? Soundhouse. No, I don't think so. You know where that big Honda thing is now in Chinatown? Yeah, 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 yeah. That place. Yeah, or players. Club. Right, right, yeah. It was called it was, at the I, it was called Yeah. At the white the white building. Um it's not there anymore because he tore it down as a fucking parking it's lot. Parking lot, but, yes, yes. Yeah. Yes, yes. And then like Daniel Daniel Gray had his bar, so the their first well there was I think Blame may have did something there. But yeah, I know Rufus what you're talking about. Yeah. A bunch of shit there. The yeah, yeah. Things started picking up because they were booking. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Shows and there. then, like, fucking uh, Alex and um, uh, Adam Chang had that band. What was that band called? Oh, uh, uh, with Zach. Um, well, Girlfriends. 
Before at the Goku. time, Shoko Kono. Shoko Kono. Right, and then there's oh god, now I remember like all of Alex's bands. <laughs> um, yeah, that that venue. Yeah, I remember at one point it was called Soundhouse for sure. That was the second iteration of it, I think. Right, right, right. It was there were two. Yeah. Yeah. Soundhouse was Daniel Gray's, I think, um, iteration, which was like what Pawahi became. Unity Art. Grounds did like a punk rock marathon yeah. thing there. Yeah, yeah. And it was like both floors, like 24 bands, 12 on each floor. Yes, I remember bands. now. Yes, I remember now. Holy shit. Damn, that was yeah. an awesome show. That was crazy. I mean, it was uh, everything because it was like hip hop shit going on too, right? Yeah, reggae, everything. Fuck, I remember. Blown. Oh my god. Enhancements played that show. That's right, man. Oh fuck. That was an epic show. Just like music going on. Everybody was hanging out outside on that sidewalk part. Yeah. Oh man. That kind of reminds me of like Awesome Fest. Exactly. That was like before that. Thinking back to it, it's like, oh, that was like the same formula. Dude, that was pretty awesome. And subconsciously, that must have been because I always attribute to thinking about No Slugfest because of Wayne's World. And that whole, if you book them, they will come thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But now I think about it, like, that's probably because I saw, I think Mike Camino was one of the main organizers. Probably Josh. And yeah, just all the Unity people. I was like, God damn, that was, uh, that was crazy. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Man. I think, like, stick, I stick with, oh, uh, like, Auto Cake and Josh, they may have done, like, a whole bunch of, like, those style, like, festivals before. Like like seventeen thirty nine. That's why I kind of remember that as like being one of my favorites. Now that I think back, like I think when like like Zine Fest, for example, was kind of like yeah. a a multi venue. What was it like within it, right? Like they split it up in quadrants, and like I remember Mike Park had like an acoustic set in that garage area, and then like I was like okay after that it was like Sticklers in the main area and stuff. Fest- mini festivals are dope, and they yeah, are, holy fuck, we had our own dope ones, right? Of that shit, yeah. <laughs> different iterations of it, different people throughout time, oh, but man. there's always at some point the scene been some sort of mini festival. Soundhouse. Or festival. So that's good. Yeah, Soundhouse was amazing. I so remember that so the much whole stuff. After yeah. uh, coffee talk. And I'm starting to like remember all these other gaps of like uh of people and scene and like it's kind of starting to fill up my my like Oahu shape, you know, like it'd be cool to like map this out, you know, like I'm sure there's oh, a way man. to do it. I mean, yeah, I can do it if you want to geek out on it one day. <laughs> like I ruin everyone's privacy, but like yeah, put a first name, last name, and be like like little scene mapper. Uh, I guess that's too much exposure. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Okay, yeah. Oh. I remember Avon threw once there, like, um, she had, like, a, a couple festivals there, too, like, noise, like, avant-garde shows. Um, Avon from, like, At Sea. Yeah. He's the person, I didn't know that you could have a distorted uh, cello. Yeah, right? <laughs> when I saw her play that shit, my mind was fucking blown. What is yeah. happening? She'll, yeah, she is so talented, and As she just, young, yeah, wow. fucking switch that, hit that switch. Her band Tinkle Potty was amazing. And that reminds me of another part of the scene that I'm sure nobody remembers because it was so small. But at one point in like, when I was going, well, when I was, when I had All She Wrote during my first band uh, with Mikey Yetta, there was this little venue in Waikiki called King's Crab. And uh, there were punk shows there. And it was, a, it was King's Crab, what does it sound like? It's a sushi place. So it, it's a really like linear, like long alleyway kind of thing. 
but they had enough room for like a, a stage because like there was a raised area and they took away the, the tables but they would have metal shows there and it was oh, like yeah. a different part of the scene because it wasn't the same metal kids that were like like, like the rah-rah hardcore you know that was around um and like in Oshira we were into like the screamo and like you know the metalcore stuff at the time you know yeah um Dillinger Escape Plan and things like that uh, but this metal was like the old fart metal, you know, like we like to call it like the thrash metal, right? But it was amazing and it was great, man. There was this one local band called like Butterfly Knife and they had a lot of songs like just about Hawaii and like, like in general or like there's another, yeah, it was just like really awesome. It was just like brought out Uncle Kind. Damn. Like, loading in fucking gear too, like in this little sushi place, they're in there yeah. with their fucking four by twelves. It's like. I forgot all about like the, the metal head thing because I remember uh, the Pink Cadillac the Bach was a band. Yeah. Oh, yeah. First saw them. Uh, Hell yeah. Two piece was, drums and guitar only. Yeah. And then what? There's like a Howley Rot. Oh yes, Howley like Rot was awesome. That was another older. one of Dallas's bands, right? I don't know, probably. But that's like a total. <sighs> I remember them from Pink Cadillac and thinking, and their fucking <laughs> their logo was just like a silhouette of a hanging body from a palm tree. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> dark man oh they were fun that was fun yeah dude we have a pretty good metal scene a lot of talented people out here hiding they, they come are. out man and that's yeah that's like the failed orbit thing when i was younger in a band i was like oh i want to get a thing on hawaiian express because mm-hmm. that's the comps were that's where mm-hmm. all the bands did stuff and then we oh, yeah. did it and then I was like, I want to do that. Like, I mean, that'd be cool to have that around just for some band to be like, oh, I want to, that's the dream. I want to start a band and have it on Fail Orbit Records. And we're going <laughs> to go to California. And then we're going to X, Y, and Z kind of thing. At least, I don't know. It motivates people, or at least it motivated me to do more shit when yeah. I had something to strive for. Like, yeah, yeah. And sometimes it's better to kind of kind of make it happen for yourself instead of waiting for it to happen. Billion percent. Billion yeah, yeah. freaking percent. Okay, Ray, thanks for talking about is there anything you would say to yourself from fifteen years ago if you could right now? Fifteen years ago. Yeah. Wait, how old am I? <laughs> You're making me do math, man. Twenty years ago. No, Easy. no, wait. Wait, well, maybe you're making me remember my own birthday (laughs) or my own age. I gotta wait. What year is it? Okay. (laughs) Um, Stop wasting so much water.
Thanks for tuning in. That was an interview with Ray. Uh, my name is Kevin Tidd. You're listening to Like a Ceiling by Beeman. This is going to be instrumental, so I'm just going to talk over it until it plays out, and that's the end of the episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Stay tuned for the next one. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Fucking don't be a selfish asshole. Support your scene. Support people. Fucking love people. Yeah.